Hello fish keepers, Cam here from thefishroom.co.nz and welcome to today's Aquarium Frenzy podcast. In today's podcast we're joined by the great river explorer Ivan Mikolji. Today he joined us to celebrate World Aquarium Day. It was a beautiful chat regarding all sorts of things that he's done throughout his time exploring rivers. Uh, We talked about some of the species that he has found, some of his techniques of recording and photographing fish that he finds in the wild. And overall, it was an absolute pleasure to have him talking to us for this special event. So thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Have a good one, team. Happy fish keeping. And catch you all later. Morning, everybody. Cam here from thefishroom.co.nz. And thank you for joining us for our celebration of World Aquarium Day. Uh, Today, we have John with us again. And we've also got Ivan McColgy. So thank you very much for joining us. yeah, really appreciate your time, and it's, it's really special to have you here with us celebrating World Aquarium Day. Um, I've got a whole bunch of questions that are uh, prepared and, and ready to go, but if anybody is watching and they want to ask some questions, please fire away in the chat, and we'll do our best to, to get amongst them. Um, that being said, uh, Ivan, do you just want to give us a quick rundown, have a quick quick talk about sort of who you are, what you've done, just quickly, briefly, so we get to know you a little bit, please. Well, Cam, thank you for having me here. Uh it's awesome to be here, and John, too. And, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm Ivan Mikolji, and I've been exploring uh, the Orinoco River system basin now for over 15 years, and, uh, but full-time. I've been exploring it since I was a kid, but now full-time now for 15 years, and uh, we've been documenting and doing underwater video, underwater photography, in showing where our tropical fish come from. Well, a, a, a part of them, right? The ones that are from the Orinoco River Basin, which is a lot. The Orinoco has around 1,100 species or 1,200 species wow. described already that wow. are present. Wow. So it's, it's a lot, you know, in the UK, there's 40 something of freshwater fish, right? I don't know how many New Zealand has. But um, the Orinoco, just the basin, is over a thousand species. So it's it's a lot. It, by by the time um, I won't be able to finish the whole, you know, documenting the whole thing. It's it's too much. So probably in my next life, or we need help. Mm-hmm. We need we need new people that come in and do, you know, the job. But you know, there's 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 uh, what I do is mostly river exploring. I go out and I document. I photograph. A video and I take the time to spend I spend time in one spot to see what the fish do try to understand how the ecosystem works mm-hmm. and then sometimes I bring voucher specimens if there's something really strange that you never see I bring them to the museum I'm the associate investigator of La Salle Museum of Natural History here in Caracas so everything that I find that seems really rare, I bring back and then they do the DNA, you know, they do all the, all the research and we've found really cool things. There, there are some things that we've found that are way out there, really strange, <laughs> but that's what I do. It's river exploring. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so over your lifetime, how many separate sort of riverways have you, have you been in and sort of photographed and video do you have a, a tally on hand or 
you don't know? Well, the, the, the river systems is most of it is from uh, since I was a kid, I've been doing photography in the ocean. So I have a lot of things in the, in the ocean, but most of the fish here are the same from the Caribbean all the way from, you know, northern Brazil all the way to southern Florida. It, mm -hmm. Some fish are very similar. So um, I went into the river because I get too seasick in the sea, too. So I went into the rivers, which was less of a, you know, I, I got less seasick. And um, but at the end, I did most of the time in Venezuela because I live here. So and the Orinoco is mostly comes 70 uh, percent is in Venezuela. And then I will go into Colombia with the Humboldt Institute. They call me to do ex uh, expeditions to make books. Uh -huh. So we go to Caño Cristales in Colombia, to Bojonawi and all these places. And with the trips, with every trip, I take like 8,000 images. And from those images, they make a book. Yep. So those books that are for free on my website, they're free download. Uh -huh. Those have been taken in those expeditions with them. Yep. But um, I've been invited to Mexico, for example, and and to give speeches or talks and they take me to a waterway and I have pictures of the of the uh, how do you call this the uh, sword tails you know and you know and my, my wife is from Plymouth Massachusetts and there's like 300 and something ponds so I jump in the ponds and I have video and pictures of things there wow. but 99% of the work is from the Orinoco and there's so much to do here which has not been shown that mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense for me, for example, to go to the Amazon and start doing something there because yep. it, yep. it, it's a life's work until now. Yep. Like if, after, after so much that you've done, you're not going to go in and start something new when you haven't finished this. It doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. Yep. So that's why I've been mostly, if they invite me like, Hey, let's go to Belize or something. I'm like, I will go, you know, if there's a talk or something, but if not, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. You know? that, that makes absolute sense. Well, there's that much yeah. to do, like you said. So, yeah. you know, you're never well, gonna, you're never gonna get bored for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And and there's there's people that do this uh, that are very prolific. You know that they they go to a country and they go in and they they're there for a week and they 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 hit 20, 30 rivers, you know, and and they bring back a hundred species, mm -hmm. you know, and and in those a hundred, three are new. And that's yep. a very respectable work and that people, I admire people that do that too. But my mm -hmm. work, which is eight days in 30 feet of a river, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So you, when you spend that amount of time in such a, a small section of the river, you're, you're really immersing in every aspect of that from the, the substrate, what's below the substrate, right up into what's grown above, above the river. So you give, yeah. Give them, you know, you give your followers the full ecosystem of where you explore, and I yeah. think that makes your work really attractive for a lot of people because they're getting the full thing. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, it's for me, it's it's at the beginning, it was only the fish, but mm -hmm. then after you spend a lot of time outside and you start understanding how things work, it becomes like a philosophy. You know, so you get to a place and you just sit on the ground and you look around and you're understanding, you know, the birds that are coming, you know, the plants that are there and why and how this this monkey is 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 dropping the seed that the pacus are eating it down there. And then the pacus digesting it and it go, you know, so it 
so it doesn't float the seed it goes sinks and then it you know it, it's all it, you start seeing these things that you really don't see when you just go in put a net in bag a fish in a in a plastic bag and go yeah. you know it's 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 uh it's it's another it's it's a whole different work so it's it, it can't even be compared i guess it's just different yeah the two different things completely different things. yeah so yeah yeah so um i've i've read that you've done over 100 expeditions over your lifetime um which one stands out as the most memorable one that you've done and for what reason Oh wow! One one of the most memorable ones. Mm -hmm. There's there's an adventure in each one, but I think the most memorable one. I think I always bring it up. It's the one I did with Oliver Lucanus. Mm -hmm. It's 2005, I guess. 2000, 2004, 2005, 2006. It was he. I brought him around. Um, he was taking pictures for his book. It was for for the. Um, let's let's do some some advertising for him too. It's Oliver's Lucanus's uh, below water, uh, below water in the Amazon, the Amazon below water. That's the I'll book. I'll link to his YouTube channel actually in the chat just now. Okay, the the Amazon below water. Mm -hmm. He was he was always collecting all these all these videos and pictures to make his book. So we were on one of those expeditions, and I always had the camera. I always had a camera since I was a kid, and I always took pictures. And I, and when the video cameras came out i had one of those sports sony ones that could get wet and stuff so I, i'd go to the beach and you know but i never put two it, it you could not submerge it it was just like a sports one mm -hmm. but i never put the two and two together of the aquarium hobby with underwater photography and he kind of looking at him work it was like oh my god this is me i'm, I'm, I'm like him you know I'm, I'm him you know and and um it's he that was that was special because he, you know, he, he gave me that enthusiasm, I guess, like, like we all inspire, like you inspire somebody else. And, you know, I was watching one of your videos, Cam, the other day about all my plants usually rot. And then you were telling me how to prune them and prune the roots. I didn't know that. So, you know, we all learn and get inspired by everybody. So, so mm -hmm. he inspired me in that ex expedition. That was, that was eye opening. It was Lucas that really kind of set you off on this journey. Yeah, I think. yeah no. he was he was the one that kind of really merged your two passions together. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah sal sal salutations to him. He's he's the he's yeah. the master. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's really good at what he does because he 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 showed me. You know, here in, in the in the tropics, uh, things are done a little bit different. You know. Um, Usually it's, there's a lot of drinking involved and partying, you know, and he showed me that in the expeditions, you could do them sort of military style, you know, it's like, wake up early, you know, go to bed at night, you know, really tired, wake up early, you know, and just do your work. Mm -hmm. And that also has been what I've done since, since then, you know, I, I don't think there's an expedition where I've drank, you know, it's just work and it's, you wake up at four o'clock in the morning to photograph the, and video the the, the sunrise, you mm -hmm. know, and 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 then you got in those videos when I say I'm Ivan Mikoji and this is the Atabapo River at dawn, yeah. you know, yeah. and and it's 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 just if you were drinking that wouldn't have happened, you know, so, or it wouldn't huh. have happened in the same shape that it happened. Yeah. When, when you're leaning uh, over, you probably <laughs> fall over. <laughs> the video would have been out of focus. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be more entertaining though. 
they're pretty good. And all. So yeah, Oliver is the yeah he's he's uh, the credits go to him. You know? mm -hmm. So have you got anything planned for you guys to to kind of work together again? I know you've got some content on your YouTube channel where you both you know you are together, and, and it'd be really cool to see that again. He's uh, we should we should do this, but um, it, again uh, we I, I started doing this with George Fear the fish guys, mm -hmm. and um, for some reason he didn't come down. He the thing is that he does a lot of work everywhere. It's not like mm -hmm. me that I'm stuck here and you know in the Orinoco. He does Madagascar. He does Africa. He does all these exotic places. You know that are dreams for everybody. So he, you know, probably coming back to the same place is not interesting for him. I'd have to ask him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. <laughs> um, obviously, you spend a lot of time in the Orinoco. Is there a particular part of that that you haven't really looked at that you really, really want to? And, and is there sort of a reason yeah. why you've wanted to do that particular section? There, there's so many places that are just either too far in yeah. or too expensive to get there. Yeah. Most of my work, I could do it because it was, I did it in the time where gas was practically free here. Right. Okay. Okay. For the first 15 or 14 years, the, uh, the gas was practically for free. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a joke. For example, when we did the fish guys, uh, George would always come and say, okay, I, I get, the, I pay the gas. You know, because, <laughs> Because it was it was ten cents to fill up your tank with ninety five wow. octane gas. Wow! So we so we drive all across for fifteen days all across the country, and you know we'd spend two dollars yeah. worth of gas. Right now it's a, a different story. Just to get to the Orinoco and back, I spend over a thousand dollars in gas or more. Yeah. So wow. so um, even going just to the Orinoco, to, if you're gonna do a, a uh, uh, article that is going to pay you $300 and you're going to spend a thousand gas plus, you know, so, so it, it, it's a different perspective now that things are more expensive, but there's a place, for example, the upper Orinoco, um, the Ventuari river, but mm -hmm. way up there where, where it's born and you need to get there. Either you take a boat, which is a lot of gas, a lot. It's like, I don't know, $4,000 in gas. And then plus the food, plus the time, and then you have to spend all that time. Or you take a helicopter that would cost, you know, $9,000, and then you go in and out. But it's it's all those remote areas. All of a sudden, since the gas was not free, is really expensive to go. But there's, there's a really interesting part. I would like to go, for example, where the Orinoco in the Casiquiare can, uh, Canal, where it meets with the Rio Negro. Mm -hmm. And I would love to explore all that area slightly upward to see what fish from Brazil have gotten in, you know, and that transitional area of where the fish from the Brazilian side go into the Venezuelan side. That would mm -hmm. be interesting. So it would be San Carlos de Rio Negro, but not Rio Negro from Brazil. San Carlos de Rio Negro is on Venezuelan side. But if I take a boat, for example, if I drive to Puerto Ayacucho and I take a boat from there, it's a 20-day trip going there and a 15-day back. 
because you go with the flow of the river, so it's faster. So yeah. going up is 20 days plus 15 days. So you just need a month just to get there and back wow. yeah. by boat, you know, and, wow. and asking your wife for permission just to go, you know, in a month plus what you have to do over there, plus $20,000 in gas and food and, you know, and then you make a video that goes on YouTube. So, you know, it's if you find the funding, sure. Yeah. If you have the money, let's go. <laughs> if I had the money, we'd be going. And the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've just had a, a question Remote from areas. one of our watchers. Excuse me? Uh, we just had a quick question from one of the people that are watching at the moment. I've just brought it up on screen. Uh, basically, Jens would like to know, um, is there a big problem with invasive species? Um, is it happening in the South American river system and, and where, you're, where you're exploring as well? Or are they, is invasive species not such a big big problem there at the moment? In, in, well, Nicaragua, my mother was from Nicaragua. My father was Croatian, but my mother was from Nicaragua. I've never been in Nicaragua. I've been to El Salvador and Belize and but Guatemala. But um, the invasive species here are the ones that I've seen are not taking much over. Uh, we have the tilapia, which is the Mozambique tilapia. I think that's a problem in many places. But we, there's, there, the ones that we've seen are stuck to the coastal drainage, not to the Orinoco River drainage. And the coastal drainages are re usually small, so it's, it's not a very big problem with invasive species that I guess. There's some, some of the little streams that get filled with them, yes, like Laguna de los Patos, where the guppies, the endler guppies are. That's a problem with the invasive tilapia there. And there's yeah. also another one called that wasn't, um, uh, it's from South America, but it's not from Africa. It's called Caquetia uh, krausi, Caquetia krausi. I don't know how you say it in English. Um, it's a cichlid with a, mm -hmm. it's a basket mouth cichlid. Mm -hmm. it, when it opens its mouth, just like the, the, the leaf fish does, like yes. a, has yep. a projectile, yeah. And that also is a very, it's common to find it with the tilapia and that they, they swipe everything. Right. But not in the Orinoco River Basin. So, uh, no, we don't have such a big... What we have right now is the Unomia coral. There's a coral that the Unomia coral has, um, is invading all our coast. And it's wow. growing on top of the, the brain corals, all of that. So now uh, they're asking me to go do a documentary on this because it seems that it's really bad. Right. So I went last weekend to the beach and, and, and I'm, I, I, I went without supervision, without, without uh, I didn't put sunblock or anything, you know, it's just, and uh, I got all, I'm, I'm peeling and all burnt down from that. <laughs> but I'm probably gonna do salt water now for a month until mm -hmm. we document this Unomia coral. I don't know how you say it in English, Unomia, Unomia or Unomia, it's the uh, Unomia. Unomia, there's there, there's actually a page on, on Instagram that they opened called the Unomia Project because yeah. it shows the videos that um, of, of this coral taking over, like the lionfish did. We have a problem oh, with the lionfish. Zinia. I think it's almost like, is that the Paulson Zinia? And it goes it's, like it's, that. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, Unomia. Unomia. Yeah, well, Unomia. Anyway. It's, Unomia a new, yes. it's a new name for the Zinia elongata. Yeah. So it's a big problem. So we're, I'm going to be documenting that. Uh, um, uh, hopefully, I'll take some block and 
Yeah. <laughs> you need that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, without supervision, you know, you go out and <laughs> all day, yep. frying all day. <laughs> <laughs> Especially um, if you're hovering upside down all day. <laughs> yeah, everything, you know, where the wetsuit is, it's not a problem. It's, it's just the, the, the hands and the, you know, and the face. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, but you know, um, 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 you know, it's it's uh, I I want to do this um, saltwater thing for a month because it's it seems like it's really bad, so I want to help out. Yeah, ask for my help, so I'm gonna take some the photos and some video of it. Who is it that's asked for? Is it an uh, an organization that's asked you to help or? or yeah, it's, it's with the the Unomia project is part of the um, the the La Salle where I'm a associate investigator of natural okay. science. It's a project from them. So mm -hmm. I can go in as an associated investigator. Uh, you know, they, they asked me if I could video, do some video. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to help them out with, with that, with whatever I can do which I'll, without scuba diving, because I really don't scuba dive. I do everything apnea, you know, yeah. holding my breath. So I'll do the shallower things, and they probably do the deeper things. And I just bought a lot of lead this week because I went when I went, I had... Um, 10 kilos, my, my same lead belt that I use for the river. Yeah. And in the river with 10 to 12 kilos, it's enough for me to be able to take the picture without moving. Mm -hmm. But in the ocean, because of salty, I was yeah. floating and yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't go down. So I just bought more lead. I bought 10 kilos more. So I'll probably need like 16 or 17 kilos to mm -hmm. do my work correctly. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, so in the lead up to to this, so I've, believe it or not, been doing a bit more reading on, on some of your work that you've, you've produced. Um, and I read the article on your website regarding the Oscar cichlids when you were when you were swimming with them. And uh, what kind of got my mind is uh, you were saying how they predominantly eat insects in the wild, not the small fish that everybody kind of believes in the hobby that they, they continuously eat. Um, so I was just wondering how much mis, misinformation do you think is kind of within the hobby and how do you feel that we we can kind of change that and, and for the better for all, for the animals that we keep? Well, it, the, there's there's a lot of things that we don't see for because we have the fish in an aquarium. Mm. You know, it's for example, back when I was a kid, people used to keep a lot of birds in cages. Mm. I don't know if you remember if, if it was like that in the you you know in, in, in Scotland or you know in New Zealand. But people had a lot of parrots here and stuff and birds. They had them all in canneries and they had them all in cages, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to know how that bird does in the wild if it's inside a cage, right? It's sort of um, the, a, a little bit slightly the same. And um, uh, we're and plus, uh, it, it's, it's easier to, to get the knowledge of a bird for a regular person to go to the jungle and see what it's doing than going underwater. Sometimes everything that is underwater is, is less likely for a person to be to be knowing what is going on, right? Than outside. But there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of um, the the fish behave differently in a pond than if they're stuck in a puddle, or if mm -hmm. it's raining or not raining. So uh, there's there's a lot of mis misinformation because people don't even know that there's hydrological periods, and there's. Uh, uh, seasons, for example, and it's very different because uh, uh, it's it's very different when the Orinoco is rising 
and it's not raining because it's raining down under way far in the you know uh, uh, where it starts but yep. the water's levels are going up for a month and the fish are spawning and it's not even raining so people think oh they spawn when they rain the river goes up but it's not even raining uh, people don't know that the, the hydrological periods are different than the weather period i don't know how you say it in english so you've got seasons for underwater and seasons exactly for exactly exactly but people don't usually don't even know that that uh -huh. there's, there's a difference and um so there's there's a lot of information that we never nobody ever looked for and we're we're seeing this the people that spend a lot of time going there in different seasons and different times of the year different periods and spending a lot of time in one place uh, there's there's places in the flooded savannas where ram cichlids never hit the ground they're they they're the the aquatic plants are like buildings and they the the ram wow. cichlids have their their levels where wow. there's they're 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 at different levels of the aquatic plants and that's where they wow. spend their life because down yeah. in the bottom it's full of piranhas and wolffish mm. but and and they spend all their life up in the top and you don't know that because in the aquarium yeah. you don't you, you that doesn't you don't have that depth first of yeah. all right so it's 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 really hard but um uh, there's a lot of misinformation and there's there's oscars are top top dwelling fish mm. they're they're a cichlid that is one of the few i don't know many cichlids that are top dwelling cichlids right no in in the wild they're in the top all the time they're they're moving they move the the leaves and the branches everything with their forehead they're constantly moving all the aquatic plants and waiting for something to jump off because all those aquatic plants are full of grasshoppers and butterflies and whatever and whatever falls to the to, to the water that's their food they i've never seen them chasing fish ever but that doesn't mean that in this that's in clear water river that doesn't mean that in silty rivers that are white water they don't i don't know because i can't see through the white water <laughs> you know you'd have to you'd have to fish them and take their their content out of their stomach which is another type of investigation that i don't do yeah. you know you'd have to catch them and 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 you know pickle them and see what is in their stomach and their intestines and that's mm -hmm. that's that's that should be done too i just don't have the knowledge of how to do it mm -hmm. You know, the, the, one of the things uh, this is this is going to be controversial, but one of the things I think I have, have helped me in what I've done in the in the career I have chosen is being uneducated scientifically, because I know a lot of scientists that do a better job than I do, hundred times. But for example, they what they write is so scientific you can't even read it. Mm, yeah, it's unreadable. You know, you 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 start and you're uh, well. Personally, I start snoring after two paragraphs because I I have half of the stuff I have to look up to see what it means. And people, I write. I think I write in a fifth grade level, where everybody uh, you know can understand what I write. Yeah, and I think that has helped me a little bit. You know, that that lack of super scientific knowledge has yeah. helped me a lot. Yeah, language. You put in a bit of personality and uh, everybody, you know, it's an easier read than some of the papers that, you know, you, you've sent links to me for. It's like, whoa, you get past the intro and you're like, I'm done.
<laughs> half of the time is spent looking what the word is in Google, you know, and, and what it means. I know. Yeah. So that's where uneducation probably helped, you know. <laughs> One of the few places. I know. You get a broader, but you get a broader, uh, uh, how do you call this? Uh, not profile, but a higher like range of people. Because you get, yes. you know, you get a, it's, it, it, a, a, a person that a kid that is 10 years old cannot read one of these scientific things, mm -hmm. I guess. I, I, if I give it to my, my kids, they won't read it. Yeah. You know, it's not that they can't, it's just that they won't. <laughs> so, should we expect um, Makoji children's books in the near future from the Orinoco kids? <laughs> I want, I've always wanted to do a, a kid's book. I've always wanted yeah. to, to do a kid's book. I even started it. And, um, no. I started, yes, I, but I didn't, um, I don't know, probably, you know, I've had experience. I've had three kids, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it was, I have a friend that he would come over and he would say, listen, you're a genius, man. He's like, I come over and you're showing your kids to learn the colors with pictures of the orchids that you take in the wild. He's like, that's marvelous. You know, mm -hmm. I'm teaching them with a circle or something, you know, or, or you know, we uh -huh. should be teaching them with flowers or animals or mm -hmm. things like that, you know, uh, mm -hmm. white and black, the zebra or yellow, you know, whatever, the, yeah. the giraffe. And and um, so I think that would be probably a good idea and do it towards the aquarium hobby. Yeah, I guess. You know, there's probably many. There's not. There's 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 a Dr. Seuss one when I was a kid that was uh Red fish, blue fish, something like that. Um, yep. uh, it, by Dr. Seuss, it was something with the fish. But oh, anyway, what's John got? I've got that freshwater aquarium <laughs> for dummies. <laughs> it's not quite the same. Man, you bought that book. I didn't know yeah. it existed. I'm gonna get it back when I when it I exist. I've seen it. I'm like, I need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so your your basic conversation in regarding your style of writing sort of leads into the next question, which was quite helpful. Um, I feel that your writing sort of enables the readers to kind of feel like they are with you and experiencing everything that you're with. Um, and like I found myself after reading a couple of Saint John, look, I really need to get some Oscars again just to experience everything that you've. Um, everything that you've kind of experienced at the same time in my own ability sort of thing. Um, what method of storytelling do you kind of prefer? Because obviously you do your art stuff, your photography, your videoing and your writing. It's all kind of different. Which, which one do you gravitate more to the most? Well, um, uh, I guess that the writing in, in first person is, is just because I have nothing else to write about. Right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, it's, it's what I do since I yep. leave and I come back and it seems to work. It, it, it was not intentional. It was, uh, it started with Nathan Hill. Mm -hmm. he, he asked me to write some things for PFK. Mm -hmm. And um, I did not know what to write about because I've kept fish a lot, but not uh, I've, I've kept a lot of fish, but um, but not to the extent where 
probably you guys can because we are we don't I don't have access in Venezuela there's not access to many species of fish that are not from here only the common ones for example we have beta fighting fish we have some mm -hmm. discus you know we got um, uh, a couple of African cichlids mm -hmm. and that's it you know if, if you go to the store there's nothing else um, there's and goldfish you know and and um, so uh, I could I couldn't write of any other thing that wasn't the fish that I saw in the wild. But it seemed like people really got in it. it, it again, it's a philosophy. I, I think it's people. I believe that people in the aquarium, true aquarists, are geniuses. All of us. I believe that. I believe we have something. And it's a philosophy that um, where we believe that all these fish should be protected or the places or nature. We have a connection with nature that other people yeah. probably don't have. And more the people of Biotope Aquarium probably that are into learning about each river and how it functions. They have that connection and they have, we stand towards preservation. Even though some people don't know, they don't know that they stand for this, yeah. but, but, but they do. And um, so I think that struck a key with these people that they said, oh, this is, this is something what I can relate to that is not just my aquarium, it's beyond the aquarium. Yeah. And I think that's what, um, but it was not intentional at all. I, I've been lucky, I'm a lucky person. It, I, I, you know, I, I, I get, um, I do things that probably I did, it weren't that intention, but they, they get liked, so. I think as well, at the time when you started producing these articles, there's not a lot of people documenting our aquarium fish. It all seems to be ocean-related that you you see on TV and, and in the, the movies. It's, you don't, not many people were getting underwater and filming yeah. the fish that we've got in our aquarium. And that, yeah, yeah. That, that, that built a strong connection instantly. That's, you know, that's, what, that's, that's, what, what the, that, that's how the aquarium hobby embraced me. Mm -hmm. It embraced me because of the videos, uh, which were really rudimentary. It was really, it, they were, they were handy cams that I bought here in the store, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. um, but really it was the first time that we were showing them and they went viral on YouTube and viral was a thousand views back in yeah. when it started. Yeah. And that, I think that is what, um, how people got into starting to do this all around the world. Now we're seeing that people are doing this all around. But back, yeah. you know, 15 years ago, it was only Oliver, I guess, or at Connings, he probably did something yeah. that long ago yeah. in, in Tanganyika, uh -huh. um, uh, at Connings probably, but I don't know if he was uploading this to YouTube because if he didn't, you know, that's another thing that helped me out with what I do because if, social media wasn't out i would be an aquarium person in valencia venezuela you know so uh using all these social media uh speaking english so it's it's a whole array of situations but um yeah that helped a lot putting things in youtube and and we were the first ones yeah there, there was nothing there there was there was all about the indigenous people the dolphins the corals the reefs you know, but there was nothing on aquarium fish in the wild. People thought that the whole Amazon was planted with humongous plants and gardens. And, you know, there's there, uh, uh, like a, a mano, you know, that's that was nature. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's what the look was. You know, that's how we thought the, the Amazonas was like. And, you know, this helped reveal that it's not just one. There's whatever the look, the land looks like outside is what it's going to look underwater, practically. If you're heat full of boulders, well, underwater, there's going to be a lot of boulders, you know. Yeah. And if it's sand all over the place, the river is going to be full of sand. So we started learning about that. Oh, I have this ray of light here. No. <laughs> it's the afternoon, 435. Um, are you a are you a self taught photographer or, or are you trained self, in photography? Self taught. Self taught. Self taught. Do you want to go and fix it? Is it bothering you? you it's not bothering me. It's not bothering me. I don't even know. Oh, it's from the table. Wait up. Yeah. It's reflecting. I think it's reflecting on the table. There. Yeah. It's a glass table. It was reflecting like a prism. Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, yes, I never took a course or anything on photography, not once. Cool. And um, I, I started with a very cheap, very cheap, um, whatever you can get in, in the store, you know. And um, from the first time, I did, not, I did not want to spend a lot of money on a case. You know, mm-hmm. these underwater cases are over $1,000, $2,000. And I didn't know what camera I was going to use. So I bought an Aquapack just to test. It's from the UK. The, the it, was, it looks like a bag, and mm-hmm. since then I didn't need to buy anything else. I've been using that the same Aquapack, and wow. it, it, I still have the first. I've bought three only in my life, and for 15 years I've used three. And uh, yeah, the new ones are because they sent me the new ones. They're so good, and yeah. um, so um, that's what I've been using. So it's it's self-taught, you know, and um, yeah, never. A lot of trial and error. There was a lot of expeditions where all the fi- the fish were blurry. Yeah. Uh, it, it, oh, yeah. 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 It was a lot it's of. Definitely with taking fish in the aquarium. You know, if you take two hundred pictures on your phone, and you'll have one worthy of sharing online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have now. Now it's like three hundred and something thousand pictures on my on my hard drive. But at the end, there's 600 f- pictures of each fish, or or a thousand pictures of each fish, you know, and and and, yeah. and there's there's you have to take a lot of them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's there's a lot of pictures to get one good one. Yeah, Don't I'm think sorry, I go but... out and what you see there is oh Ivan went there and went you know like and he took the picture. No, it's, it's not <laughs> like that. It's a lot of pictures, and seeing um, them is for hours. You know, like oh my god, the same yeah. fish. Is, is that how you kind of discovered the underwater reflections art form or did that you trying to see something different or that just just a happy happy Listen, I, I, that's interesting i discovered that in the ocean i discovered right. that in the how do you call these puddles the puddles that are with the tide rock puddles pool. how do the, how do you say them in english rock pool a rock, rock pool. Pu- the, yeah that's how they rock. they're called yeah, rock pool. Rock pill. Pool. Like a pool of oh, water. Oh, the rock pools. Yes, the yeah. rock pools. Yes, exactly. When the water goes, you know, the tide goes down, and here you have all this that uh, live rock or whatever, you know, you got all those dead corals, and, and um, you know, you've got all these uh, little pools. And I, uh, I have a – I would put my the, – the cool part about the, the Aquapack is that because it's only rubber, you can put your whole camera on the ground – and there's no height, so if, right. even if it's a, if it's a it's shallow, you know if it's 
10 or 15 centimeters deep, you can take a wide angle fisheye picture and it looks like a stadium. So I was taking these rock pools and then I got home and they were so shallow that I'm like, look at this. This is even more interesting than what is down here. You know, this, it looked like each time you saw a reflection, it was like a piece of art. It was like an abstract piece of art. Yeah. So I really discovered it in rock pools in the, in the, in the, in the, in the ocean. But the, to me, they're, they're, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but to me, they're sometimes much more interesting than the fish or the mm -hmm. plants or whatever. Some they're of them just, that pick your eyes into thinking that you're looking at a fish because the actual reflection shape, they're amazing. Yeah, I went, I went, went, to, went to Sweden to give a talk many years ago. And um, I went to Shell Foreman's house. Uh, he's, he did a lot of the books. He had a series of books called uh, Back to Nature, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he brought me to his house and he had a big Amazon aquarium in his basement. And when you went in there and you saw the aquarium from the top, all these, he had some sort of filtration that would move a water in certain way where the water reflection of the lamps he had was like a light show, like from, I don't know, from a planetarium. And I spent some time taking pictures of those reflections. And he was like, why are you taking pictures of this when the aquarium in the front is what is interesting? But now <laughs> when I look at these reflections that are so cool, I imagine I'm more, I remind me, it, they remind me more of Shell, of Shell Foreman than the picture of his aquarium of, of him. You know, it's, <laughs> it's that connection I have with it. You know, yeah. it, 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 it totally brings me back to his aquarium, but by the reflections on the surface. It's I suppose that, that's how the mind of an artist works. They see the detail yeah. that people, normal people don't see. You know, and that, I'm the demented one that looks at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's how it is. But, you know. Yeah. So, just slightly moving on a little bit from the photography side of it. Um, you do a lot of work with the diamond tetras in the wild and, and conservation and, and trying to re refill those waterways and whatnot. Um, why is that important and, and why is it sort of captured you so much? Wow. Well, the important thing to me is that I believe that there has to be a balance between us and nature. Mm -hmm. There has to be a give and take. Mm -hmm. It cannot be, you know, I believe that everything is life is a give and take. Uh, Cam, like you do these videos for, for, for your followers you know, you give them something, you know, and they probably help you out by buying your stuff. It's a given. Life is a give and take. Yeah. And I believe I believe there's a lot of people in the world that take from nature and don't give back. And it's probably more people like that than people that give back. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. So so there's so the people that we do know this. I think it's our duty to do more than we have to do to give to make up for these people to compensate does that yeah. does that make a little bit of sense 100 percent sense 100 percent. you know you you understand what i mean so so yeah, yeah, yeah. so i believe that you know and it's it's not like i'm doing it and and it's and it's and it's hard work for me you know i love going out and seeing the, the dynamo tetras where they're living mm -hmm. you know and trying to find a place where they're still there 
to me that's that's not a job so so it's 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 not like i'm doing a awesome thing because it's not like a sacrifice at all yeah you know it's it's actually fun to go see and find them and then video them etc it's a calling so um but i really believe that if there's this fish that is going extinct because of us and we can help to bring it back or to, to tell people that they have to preserve it mm -hmm. why not mm -hmm. like That's yeah. what we stand for, right? In, in the aquarium yeah. hobby, as I told you before, that's what we stand for. And and it, it doesn't cost much to do it. And and it's kind of fun, actually. So if that, you know, could be done anywhere and, and you could be in, in New Zealand with something that I don't know if you have any threatened fish over there. And yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it could be the same with kids with cancer. It mm -hmm. depends what you stand for in life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you try to help and give back that's it there's there's not much there's much there's not much to it mm. it's, when you when you're passionate about something it, it's a natural thing and you, you know there's no, it's almost effortless yeah exactly and, and if you can do that and give you give a bit of yourself to that cause then it's only a good thing and hopefully it encourages more people to do the same with something that's close to their heart exactly Yeah. And it, it is really cool. They, they told us, listen, there's, there's, we found out the treacherous in this stream right now. And we went before, before December. We went, yeah, we went in December, uh, mm -hmm. early December, uh, 2021. And um, we, they told us there was a stream with diamond tetras. And we went and we did a wild aquarium, which I haven't edited yet. Mm -hmm. And um, after, when we're there and we're, we're finding these diamond tetras in the wild, And we see that the stream goes into the Orinoco. It doesn't go into the Lake of Valencia. So now we found a stream that connects diamond tetras with the Orinoco. And that was, is new. We didn't know that. We thought it was endemic from wow. the Lake of Valencia. But this river isn't. So now that's something we have to write about in science so people know and, and that it's there and that they're, they're not endemic to the Lake of Valencia. They're now they're, you know, they're found in this river that goes into the Orinoco. So these things, um, you know, they 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 make the 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 things worthy when you find something out like that, and you know, it just there's it, it you just have to look for the stuff and and go out and you know and take the time. Yeah. If you know, if you, you if if you don't do it, you you know, you don't go out and spend time in nature. You 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 won't find out much more much than whatever is in your aquarium. Exactly. Getting out in nature is just so good for the soul. Yeah, well, to me, you know, there's people that love, you know, uh, antique cars, you know, and that's, and they, they, and there's, it depends on your passion, I guess. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, this kind of leads into a, another question, which is a, a relatively long one. So I'm going to try to read it on my piece of paper. So if I'm darting my eyes away, that's why. Uh, so basically your motto is you, you can't preserve something that you don't know exists, which makes me think about the wild species everywhere that basically go extinct on a regular basis and the things that we don't know about them. Um, conservation is obviously at the heart of everything you do, which leads into the Green Earth Alliance, um, which is the organization that you established with Alexander Williamson. Exactly. Um, so what can you tell us about that 
the Green Earth Alliance and also why is John so excited about the NFTs that he continues to piss me about all the time? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Alexander is a very nice person. And uh, he um, he was really enthusiastic. His, I think his one of his relatives, I don't know if it's his father or his uncle, was the founder of the Greenpeace, one of the founders. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, so um, we wanted to make the Green Earth Alliance is the nonprofit part of our work. We, we needed to do something that was not uh, per profit. Um, we also needed a nonprofit part because many people need the grants to do things. And if you're not a, usually if you're not a nonprofit, those grants are not available. Mm -hmm. And um, so we opened this to be to be able to work with other nonprofits as well. And um, so there's the NFT world, let's say, I think is a relatively new and young orientated, I guess, um, mm -hmm. world. And um, I think we wanted to try to bring these people to get to know nature, mm -hmm. get to know, you know, get them involved with what we do with the nonprofit. But it's a it's a whole set of people that probably don't get exposed to this type of, you know, um, preservation, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a different crowd. They're usually also very linked to Discord instead of Facebook and Instagram, yeah. you yeah. know. And so it's another world that we want to reach too. You know, we don't want to be stuck all the time in the traditional, you know, uh, old way that I've done it. Or, you know, we want to go and, and explore the new frontiers all the time. Right? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's my sister is helping me a lot, uh, Yelka Mikolji. And she is a computer scientist. Mm -hmm. So she can help me in a lot of the things that I don't have time. The most precious thing we have is time. Yes, and, and, and yeah, it's very hard for me to find time between my regular life and what I do, et cetera, for, for other things. So she helps me out a lot with this. And um, Alexander is going to help us out a lot, too. Fantastic. We need more people in the Green Earth Alliance. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give the link to the website. Yeah. You know, it's all time consuming, you know, doing the Discord and doing the Instagram and doing a, a, a website. And, and, you know, it's 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 uh, so we're, we're working really hard. We're all working really hard. We need a lot of help. Mm -hmm. So, so. Um, I think what we can do is put a link to the Discord as well. Oh, uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll sort that out in a little while. Um, yeah. That's quite active. Um, I'm, I'm on the Discord. Um, I'm not familiar with it that much, but my phone goes constantly with notifications yeah. from it. So it's you know it's definitely somewhere that um, is very relative and modern today. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's linked to the metaverse as well, which I believe you've now got your um, virtual gallery. Yeah, exactly. So it's, but it's a different crowd. It's a total different. Yeah. You know, if you go Instagram, Facebook, it's, it's sometimes the same people. But if you if you go in there, it's like wow. You know, it's a totally yeah. different crowd. Really refreshing, completely different. Really passionate yeah. people as well. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, we've had a, a couple of questions from the people that are watching at the moment. So I'll just bring this one up to start with. 
Uh, is there any species of fish that you have observed in the wild that live or behave differently to what is believed by hobbyists, uh, solitary fish or uh, shoaling fish or what have you? Oh, yeah, a lot, many. I think one of the most outstanding, I think I've said it many times, is the um, uh, plurithrinus. Um, wait, what up? Uh, the, the gold, the golden wolffish. Uh, hoplius, it's not hoplius, it's well, we have a wolffish here, um, that never stops swimming. That's that's the difference between that hoplius, that that wolffish, and the regular hoplius, like Malabaricus or Aymara, that it doesn't stop swimming. So, this fish is very common in the flooded savannas, and um, I don't know if you can look it up, John. It's a uh, wolffish. Uh, gold, the golden wish, uh, golden wolfish, and yeah. we've George and I once once were doing the fish guys, and we stopped in this river. We passed this river, which is really clear, and we stopped, and the water was really low, and we're watching all these golden wolfish, Hopleithrinus uh, utaniatus. No, yeah, Hopleithrinus utaniatus. What you said. Yeah, unitaniatus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So I'll drop a profile. There's, there's probably 300 of them in the stream. And we're like on top of the bridge. We're looking down and we see them in a group. And um, then what we see is that a line of these um, golden wolfish, they make a line. About 100 of them go in a line, a straight line, and 300 stay in this big group. So a hundred go and they go straight forward where there was a school of fish of tetras, a small tetras. And once they got near the tetras, they formed a ball and they started gyrating. And the big ball of these wolf fish started getting closer to the tetras. And they would once in a while, one would come out, one of these wolfish would come out and eat a tetra and go back in the ball and keep rotating. And they took turns like that for five or ten minutes until they were all fed. Then the ball turned again into a line and they went back to the big group. Then a hundred more different ones went and did the same thing. They took turns. Wow. They took turns, went there, started doing a ball. They ate, came back, and another one went. You, I don't think that can be seen in an aquarium. First of all, you'd need the big massive place with these ex perfect tetra that does you know not escape mm -hmm. or something you know it's probably a, a species of tetra that you know that likes the ball that goes around i guess yeah you know and if you don't have that specific type of tetra it won't work you know so um uh there's there's many uh, like this the uh, cardinal tetras cardinal tetras usually form small groups in the wild and then in the afternoon, when the sun is coming down like here, they all start getting together. And once it's dark, they're all together in massive, massive, big uh, schools. Mm -hmm. You know, and then in the morning, they start separating again and they, they, they go around doing their thing. And mm -hmm. many more like this, you know, it's, it's migrations. It's, 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 there's, there's, there's a person here in Venezuela that knows a lot about fish. His name is Sixto. Rodriguez. And if you give him two rocks, he'll breed them. Mm -hmm. You know? 
And he was telling me once that he believed that there was certain fish that not only they didn't migrate, but they, but they did pilgrimages. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, I smiled because I believed the same thing. I believe there's there's fish. I've seen fish that are not migrating, but they're they do their pilgrimage. For example, a certain type of cichlid like Mesonauta. And they get together, for example, and they they're heading down river, and probably 200 get mixed, and they all go into the main air, uh, Orinoco, and they probably go up another stream, and that's how they colonize it. But it's not a migration in, per se, you know. It's 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 sort of a uh, let's explore and colonize thing. You yeah. Know? It's it, there's so many things that we don't know about until you know we spend the time there. And if you're not there at that exact time of the year when the water level is at that level and the tetras are there, you won't see it. Mm. That must be you know? phenomenal viewing to to see that. Just, yeah. yeah, and you and you only see it. Yeah. Yeah. For example, we were once um, eight days in this stream down near Atabapo, and it was the rainy season here, the rainy period. And we were doing all this video footage for a documentary. And in the fourth day from clear, the water was um, black water mm -hmm. in the stream. The next day, you know? And for the next three days, it was black water. Yeah, wow. So it was really difficult to make the documentary, and you know, because how are you going to explain that half your footage is clear water, and then, yeah. you know, the the next morning, it's wow. black water for, for until you leave. Yeah. So and there's there's the weirdest thing is there's there's these um, biotopes here called morichales. They're like small yeah. oases, and um, there's there's one morichale that every three years. The water from the spring springs red oxide and the water turns red mm -hmm. wow. for a week. Yeah. So it's like a blood river for three days every four years. And that place is full of cardinal tetras, etc., leaf fish, you know, whatever. But how do you explain that? And if you're not in those three days, you'll never see it. Yeah. You know, how do wow. we, you know? Yeah. so it's it's really difficult. There's so many things. Yeah. yeah. Nature's um, <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, so I've, I've had another question, but this was done via text, so it's not going to come up onto the screen. Uh, I've been asked, uh, we'd love to know some species of plants that you encounter in, in this river wave for, you know, forming biotopes in the aquarium and stuff like that. How many species of plant? You know, or, or which ones in particular you, you regularly encounter? I'm assuming oh, lots, but... The, the, wow, the, 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 there's, there's so many. I'm not good at plants, though. If you see my Facebook posts, most people even correct me. They're like, oh, man, you're way off. You know? <laughs> and I, I'm, I, I'm not even the one that, that tells me. I have the, there's a botanist that is telling me what they are. But, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes they're so rare to be seen here. Or if you're, you know, haven't seen them, you don't know what they are. Yeah, but yeah. very nice ones are the Ludwigias. Mm -hmm. I like the Ludwigia inclinata a lot because yeah. they're, when they come out, they're red. There's a red variant here. And when you go into the flooded savanna, it's all red underwater. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. It's amazing that everything is red in crystal clear water and they're all open. And mm. if you go in by night, I have pictures of them by night and I put flashlights 
they're all like tentacles that go they they close okay so i didn't i didn't even know that these ludwigas would close by night and then open by day but they do and you, you i have those pictures by night and it looks like tentacles from a octopus or something you know from the deep abyss and it's really uh, those those um ludwigas to me are very 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 nice there's there's also the mosaic um ludwiga erythrinoides i think it is ludwiga erythrinoides the the mosaic one yeah the those mosaic are, the, the yeah. leaves go exactly but before they go out before they go emerge the leaves they look like red roses under the water they come out and then it's yes yeah if you get them at that exact time the pictures i got some pictures underwater they look like a rose garden and mm -hmm. you know they're they're it's it, they're all marvelous they're all great one, of, one can, of the most know, um one of my favorite ones that i've seen you um and it's in the book as well it's the kabomba the kabomba no everything yeah, is and great. you've got Every a picture of that with with a flower with a flower yeah with a little white flower yeah yeah that's other another thing we we saw this i saw this fish I was photographing. Uh, we were photographing that iconic image where I'm like this underwater. Yes. Yep. And we were noticing that there's fish, these 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 tetras that are this hemigrammas, Levi's. They're, yeah. they're always starving in the wild. They're, you should see these fish in the wild. These fish, the neon tetras, cardinal tetras, they're starving. They're right. they're, they're they're and they're they're eating. They're they're feeding off your ears. They feed wow. off your, 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 they, there's certain parts in the body where they love to eat. Yeah. And um, so we're noticing that there's this emigramus levis that is going and to a flower. There's a cabomba flower that is coming up and he goes near the flower. He grabs the petals and he shakes them and then he goes away. So we saw many of these fish doing that. And I went close by to see if they were eating it. But the, 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 the petals are really soft and they were not gnawed on. They're perfect. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. were just shaking the leaf. And so I, I decided to stay with my camera. You know, I, I, I focused the camera and I stay there. I, I was there for 30, 40 minutes because the fish would come, shake it and leave. And I would press the button and sometimes it wouldn't shoot at the moment. You know, I got the fish, the tail, you know, I got a lot. I got... 600 pictures you know that uh, <laughs> three are in focus yeah. but the three that are in focus show you how they're grabbing it you know and um they it looks like they're pollinizing the 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 the, the, the flower but wow. i've never heard of any there's no registration of fish pollinizing flowers yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. exist but they were not eating it because the flowers there all the time you know there it, it, 50 fish passed doing that and the flower is still there they didn't bite it they would just shake it wow, that's so, so interesting so it's interesting it didn't seem like they were eating anything either yeah it didn't seem like they were biting it they would just yeah. shake it and go they weren't wow. eating the pollen that came out of it or nothing it's not like you would see them you know like in the aquarium where they, they go around and they bite yeah. stuff no they would just shake it and go shake it i don't know if it was the color they were interested in probably but something was going on there that we don't know what wow, it was yeah wow that's that's really really phenomenal again if you went under the water you'd never it'd never ever be known ever yeah but we we spent we spent six days there 
Yeah. You know, we were there for six days. Yeah. So if you go there and you put a, a, a net in and you leave, you, you'll never see that. Oh, never at all. Um, with now John's brought up the book, which is kind of handy because it's sort of leading me into the next lot of questions that I've got. Again, this is a, a relatively long one, so I'll, I'll read off my, my notes. Uh, so your most recent book, uh, Fishes of the Orinoco in the Wild, was released in uh, 2020. Uh, it's described as the best book of 2020 and a must-have for anybody with a passion for aquariums, with over 150 stunning images and information on a species natural habitat and it must be must have taken you a long time to produce with this much detail and to present it in such an aesthetically pleasing way how long was this book in the making for how long have you planned it and, and has it been in your mind for 15 years since i met so, oliver from day one <laughs> from day one but yeah. i'm 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 adhd so it, it, you know i have i have like 10 books on the run but it never i never finished one you know like a, a typical adhd person so I um, I focus. I said, okay, I'm gonna do one species, you know, every day. You know, write a little bit, a paragraph of mm -hmm. each behavior. So um, I sat down and I did it. But it's it's the latest, the oldest pictures there. I think it's from 2007 or 2008. Wow. That that was when they stopped being out of focus. Yep. So it took me from 2005 to 2008 to start getting good pictures. It took me three years to. By myself to learn how to take Find a picture yeah. yeah to to get close to it because this fit this book is about the fish mm -hmm. and there's seven major areas of the orinoco that are in there so now yeah. what we're doing is we're going to do a, a smaller book of each area which mm -hmm. shows wow. the geology which shows the plants that are outside because everything that is 10 meters to one side of the river and 10 meters to the other side. I document them as well because they're part of the same, you know, if they're not there, the water, you know, gets hotter, full of algae, you know, it, it gets ruined. It, it's all part of a system. So mm -hmm. all the plants that are 10 meters into the riparian zone. You see, I learned a, a good word from, from the scientists too. The riparian zone. <laughs> um, and, um, and so these books are going to show all the, uh, you know, the sceneries, let's say, because this is the fish, you know, um, the fish or the Orinoco, the, the book. So this is going to have like the biotope of these places, yeah. not, not, not in an aquarium because, you know, I, I don't have, we have the wild aquariums, but we didn't do many of those. We, we did six or seven, but mm -hmm. the real, you know, how the sand is, how the rocks are, the plants, everything that is there. It's yeah. like, uh, the, 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 um, how do you call this in English? The uh, traversing, you know, how you traverse in time through a place, you know, mm -hmm. from from and and whatever you see along the way, yeah. uh, the yeah. the the captain's log of you know today we saw this, etc. That's it's a, so there you'll see everything. So we're working on that. I hopefully we'll have the first one out this year, but not not mm -hmm. not printed. Probably I'll finish it this year. Probably for next, we'll print it. Yeah. So, um, did did the book turn out the way you envisioned it, or was it different, or is it so similar, so far away? Like, is it in your mind? Turned you out, what you the, the book turned out perfectly well for 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 the first attempt to yeah. do a book, you know, pub, self published book, 
Oh. I didn't have any. I, I wrote to everybody and nobody answered, you know, so I, we, we published it ourselves. You know, I can't so, see writing people and not getting answers anymore. Yeah. Well, there's, so, so, you know, it, it was, it, it came out great for, for um, someone that didn't know, we didn't know how to publish a book. It was the first yeah. time. So it came out perfectly well. I think it, it was really well done. Um, it was, it, it, it's, it's a very well done book. Yeah. I'm proud of it. What, yes. What made you go with this green? Cause this, this is really eye catching. And obviously, you know, water, we tend to think of water as being clear and not green. But, you know, what made well, you, you go just said it. You just said it. You just said it. We all think that the biotope is, you know, the habitat is, is crystal clear. And it's mm -hmm. not. Yeah. You know, that's, and, and we also um, thought that that um, would be, in, in, it's, it's an icon, it's a, it's, it shows you exactly what you're going to see in the book. Mm-hmm. That it's more of an art photography book, I guess. Yeah, you know? the picture. You know I mean, the pictures are the quality um, and the green. You know, they're just—they're not just like looking through and seeing pictures in an encyclopedia. They're, I, I swallowed a lot of water to do that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as long as they didn't swallow you, you're okay. I don't know if you can. How close did you get to I was really proud that 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 so many people like uh, jo uh, Josh Pickett, you know, that, that everybody from the aquarium hobby, um, Jeremy Gay, uh, Max Pedley, and we got Fish Base, um, mm -hmm. the Eddie Fish Project. They were all so happy to help me, you know, which was really like uh, uh, it was mind blowing that these big organizations like Fish Base would be like, yes, let's do this, you know. They were actually very supportive. Because I, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, you know how did how you know you it, it, it doesn't make sense to look for all the habitats and start writing about everything when when everybody that's been done, you know what I mean? And so they provided a lot of basics for you didn't, with, the, with the profiles. Did can I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 instead of going there and stealing their their the you know the the etymology and you know not giving them thanks, I said, you know. I, we actually, what I did is said, I want you to write it in the book. So we had a copy of the book for them. And they went in and they inserted their information. Perfect. So they were involved. I would see them in, in a Google Doc. I would see how they would go in and how they were working and where they were working. It was, it was, a, it was a very, it, I received a lot of help from a lot of people and I'm really thankful. There's a mm -hmm. lot of people in the aquarium hobby that helped. Yeah. Um, so from from all of the reviews that I've read and the conversations that I've, I've seen about this book, um, it's probably going to go down as one of the, the best ever books of all time as far as aquarium fish go in the hobby and, and well, photography so. work and everything. Like it's and that's yeah, I think that that's quite honest truth. Um, how does it make you feel that you've been involved and produced this higher quality work for everybody in? this industry and everybody in this hobby to enjoy for forever, basically. I think we, I've told you before is for me, it's mind blowing. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's the, it's, it's the help of many people. So mm. many people that helped me. It, it, it I couldn't, I could not do this by myself. Even going out in the bush, you have, you have to have the good crew. You know, you, it, if I've had crews that, that I go with them and they've even done like a coup on me. You know, they, they say, listen, um, 
either we go do something more exciting or, you know, we're, we're leaving, you know, and, wow. and I'm like, listen, I, you can't leave because half the stuff is in your car and doesn't fit in mine. You know, <laughs> and they say, well, we, you, you know, you better stop, you know, getting in these little puddles and, you know, let's go do something exciting. Yeah. So wow. you, you have to choose the perfect crew. And when I, when I don't travel alone, it's good to have, when you need help, it's good to have these people that are so great like yeah. I've had. So it, it's, it's, uh, I've been really lucky, uh, to, yeah. to be honest with you. And it's all a situation, as I told you, of being from being unknowledgeable of science to uh, my parents having taught, uh, uh, taught me English, for example. You know, if, if, if probably if Picasso w was born in, in an African country and didn't speak French or Spanish or whatever and didn't go to France, and they, we would have never been known and with no social media, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so this helps this, this situation where I was an acquiring person in a, in a country that has so much. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, and, and um, so many species and no English and can, you know, help can, can do the computer, you know, all that is, 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 it's a trigger. It's a, a whole mixture of things, but, uh, the people help me. And, and I think that my, I'm not particularly special. I think that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. If they take the time to do it. Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. Um, so, a little while ago on on the fish room facebook page i asked the people that follow us whether or not they'd be interested in us getting some of your books in, and there was a pretty strong response to that so we have ordered a, a bunch of your books and they'll be hopefully here sometime soon um for us to to move on to to sell to the local people here in new zealand so um if you are oh, one of those people that are interested, please just send me a message um on facebook whatever and we'll, we'll get that organized when they've arrived so we do have some coming um there will definitely be one being stored into my bookshelf. So um, although I've ordered half a dozen or so, only five are going to be available. Uh, but yeah, so if you're one of those people, please please send us a message and we'll, we'll let you know when they're here. And if there's more people that want <laughs> or more coming, we'll definitely get some more from you. So Perfect. Um, I, I can't there's, there's not many left. So, you know, there's yeah. not many left in from what we printed. And I don't think we're going to do a second throw of this. Yep. So, you know, that we're, we have so many other things to publish that we've this is this is the end of it i probably for this book you know so there's there's not many left cool. so be quick if you do want a book for at least from us yeah um so that that basically comes to the end of my um scheduled questions that i have for you um i do like to end all the interviews that we do with a what we call the school of six which is just really six very quick easy going questions um so the first lot of them i'd like to ask you is do you prefer cats or dogs excuse me do, do I prefer, prefer cats or dogs? Yeah. Dogs, definitely. Yes. Dogs. Definitely. For me, dogs. For me, dogs. Yeah. Okay. If you had a superpower, which one would you like it to be? A swimming? A superpower. Oh, a superpower. Oh, geez. I would uh, breathing Probably. underwater. Breathing underwater. Flying. Flying would be awesome. Yeah, flying. <laughs> flying. Definitely flying. What's the most memorable book that you've ever read? Uh, Tales of a River. Uh, no, it's called uh, uh, um, geez, it's in Spanish, in English. Uh, uh, 
uh, Asimov, um, uh, practical book of, bi of bio biology or physics from As Asimov. What is his name? Um, the the Russian um, American Isaac Asimov. Isaac, Isaac Asimov. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The guy to the biological sciences. Uh, guy to excite buttons. Yes. Nice big slide buttons. Happy days. Yeah, huge. <laughs> uh, do you prefer crackers and tuna or tuna and crackers? Tuna and crackers or? Or crackers and tuna. Tuna and crackers. Tuna and crackers, that's your final answer? Yes. Okay. Tuna and crackers. All right. Uh, what's your favorite board game to play? My favorite what? Board game to play. Oh, board game. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. I, I don't. Um, uh, there's there's one I play with my kids, but it's an antique. It's called Mad. Mad? It's from Mad Magazine. <laughs> oh, that's. Yep. And it's a mad board game, but it's from the 70s, I think. Right. I, I okay. got it on eBay like an antique, and we play it, and nice. we have lots of fun with it. Cool. Yeah. And what is the holy grail of fish that you'd like to capture in the wild? Holy grail of fish. Wow. To capture in the wild. Mm. <sighs> uh, uh, I've got to pass on that. No. Um, okay. uh, the, uh, uh, I, I have one that we've been trying to catch it for years, but we haven't found it. And, uh, Which one's that? It's one that we found on an expedition. We went, we went, um, with a, I went with two friends on an expedition, mm -hmm. and um, my friend Fernando Chan caught this fish in the leaf litter that looked like a seahorse. Like, not a seahorse, a a, a trumpet fish mm -hmm. right. but but a small trumpet fish but we were in the middle of the amazon hmm. and um he i told him let's pickle it for scientific research because i think I, I said that's probably a new family or a new you know whatever not even a genus like a new family oh, wow. and yeah. he said no i'm gonna take it live from my aquarium and he put it under the seat of the truck and he forgot it for five six days in the truck and oh. it melted oh. in the heat Oh, so, so there was there was nothing like it was like a stew there was nothing not even the you know it oh. was dissolved you know it dissolved after five yeah. four or five days oh, so we've been trying to i've been in many expeditions we've been going through the leaf litter in the same spot and we yeah. we go through a lot of the leaf litter with and we've never captured it again but it was a shine. trumpet it was a trumpet fish um yellowish color like orange yeah yeah wow Wow, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah, but I would love to swim with. I would love to. I would love to swim with. Um, uh, what is this? Uh, it's. It's the cichlid which has, Fernandesi Japezi, as a as a, as a. Uh, waru, Waru mm -hmm. Fernandesi Japezi, mm -hmm. Waru. I would love to swim with Warus. I believe warus should be kept like discus until they have the colors, you know, and all of this. I think they would, they have the perfect shape, like an angel, you know, like a saltwater angel fish. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah that fish must yeah. be yeah, awesome to see in the wild. Yeah. Hello. 
Yeah. Awaru. Uaru. It has two U's or one U? Um, U-A-R-U. U-A-R-U. Red eyes. Just yeah, red it. eyes, and the shape Funny. is like a saltwater angelfish. Yes. It's yeah, like a, a freshwater tang. Mm. That cichlid is awesome. That cichlid mm. is awesome. Yeah. yeah, very very popular fish down here, that's for sure. What what was my score on the questions? With the dog um, and the dog? I'll give Have you a six from six out of that. You, you, a six you out of a hundred, a six out of a hundred, a six <laughs> out of a six. No, a six, six out of a six. five. <laughs> oh, oh, so yeah, that, that's what we've got. So um thank you very much for joining us for World Aquarium Day. It's, it's really has been very much appreciated. Uh, thank you for taking you have to go or do you have to go or do you have a minute or two i've got as much time as you want to give us so how, I'm how just did, done how did you guys off. get together i wanted to know how you, i was curious because you guys John make an I? exceptional job i'm really i admire you guys your work oh um well there was a, a fish a fish keeping group um in the uk and somebody put a post up just asking what we all did to fund our hobby okay um and i put up i talk about fish all day to, to fund my hobby um, and then Cam replied saying, what is it you actually do though? And I said, well, obviously I manage social media. Um, and that was it. He's like, really? So you're a fish keeper that social manage, you know, manages social media. Um, and then that was nothing really. I went on holiday and, and we kind of chatted during the holiday and um, he says he was looking for something. And, and obviously I said I could help him and that was it. Can, you know, you, John. You know you, that that you guys are like the modern day aquarium person with 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 the with the YouTube, you know, and the social media. It's really yeah. Cool. <laughs> we are a big yeah. part of that as well, though, Ivan. Don't forget. <laughs> you know. Well, I admire you guys a lot. Right. You work. Uh, so we've had one last question. If you are open to answering it. Go. Ooh. Okay. In the in the Orinoco, we uh, do. Do you need to read it? No. Which species we're, of tetra do you find the most commonly with Petrophyllum scolari in the wild? Okay. Petrophyllum scolari is from the Amazon, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we here we have altum, and with altum it would be um, cardinal tetras mm -hmm. and um, rummy nose tetras. The blari, 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 yeah, and um, uh, good tetra with them too would be the size would they won't eat it would be microlepis, the um, um, red-tailed tetra, mm -hmm. it's a larger tetra, yep. or any <laughs> iguanodectus, yeah, those large pelagic tetras that are iguanodectus, um, those larger ones. Because those they live with the cardinals, but I, I imagine they eat them all. <laughs> yeah, so you need the larger ones. Um, yeah, don't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, before we go, do you have an aquarium at home, Ivan? I have two. I have two. I have two, but one of them is the one I use for the wild aquarium. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 but it has an it, it has a hot potato fish in it. It has a, um, it has a new, what we think is probably a new species of guppy. It has the orange line guppy from the Morichal Largo River, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a hot potato for me because I can't get rid of it. 
I, I brought it from the wild and uh, uh, for, for scientific research. And we were doing DNA tests on it. And we're now for two years, we've been sort of seeing what the difference between those and the regular guppies and the endlers are with mm -hmm. the Saye uh, Museum. Yeah. And um, I, the, the, it, the Morichal Largo River is so far away that I don't want to kill them all to pickle them just in case we need more samples. So they've been in my aquarium for two years and I can't wow. leave them in the wild um, because they're not from here. And if I go back to the Morichal Largo River, I can't put them in because they I got like the 65th generation already. You know, there's I think there's one that is albino already. I got uh -huh. an albino. So I can't even go back and put them in the wild. So I either have to kill them, you know, or let them be. So I don't want to kill them. So they're, they're, they've been in, I can't get rid of them. They're two years and a half in my aquarium. I don't know what to do with them, you know? <laughs> so I, they're probably, I'm going to probably have them for, for forever. Right. Yeah. The other one is, is full of cardinal tetras. And I got them with these, these, the only plants, the plants that are, I found here need a lot of light. Mm -hmm. they, 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 if you don't have them like with a lot of light, you know, they, they, they die. So what I have them is with uh, micro, how do you say the, the micro, micro Anubias, I think it is. No, Anubias, no. Um, uh, the, the fern light that is, um, oh, geez, I'm so Java, Java fern? No, not fern. It's not Java fern. It's a micro Oh, geez, I'll I'll tell you later another time. Anyway, yeah. it's it's not from here. It's a uh, it's it's from, you know, from Asia or something. Make microsorium, microsorium. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a grass, they, they, they yeah they they don't they don't you know they I have them on I have them on coconut um, conches, you know, and they they the roots stick to it. You know, you put a rubber band and they all grow on these coconut um, mm -hmm. whatever the, the conches. But anyway, they're they're they they grow with less light so i don't have to have you know they're small aquariums so i don't have a lot of light in them mm -hmm. so they're not biotope correct at all <laughs> but don't tell <laughs> anybody don't tell <laughs> <laughs> you you have to you, you have to work with what 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 what, what will work in a closed system you know yeah it's uh, 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 you, it's different for the habitat you know than that's that's quite a problem down here because we're very limited on our, our plant species. I don't believe any more gets brought in. What we've got is what we've got. We're also very limited with our with our fish species. Uh, we've got a list of things that can come in, and if it's not on the list, it doesn't come in. Um, so trying to set up proper biotypes here is, is quite difficult. Um, not impossible, just just quite difficult. So you you do have to do what you can do with what you've got. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty much as simple as that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was really nice, guys. This is this is amazing. I thank you so much for 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 inviting me. You know, whenever you whenever you guys don't have any, you know, nobody that, you know, you have nobody to call, call me. I'll go. I'll get on again. Done. <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. I'm at your orders. <laughs> yeah, thanks, okay. Thank you very much. I'm sure everybody has appreciated your time and have, have enjoyed your words. And, and thank you very much. So, yeah. yeah. You're most welcome. Hey, thank you. Head off for your dinner now. Isn't yes, it? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, have a good one, guys. Happy fish keeping. Catch you later. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye.